0: But Hey everybody, this is Dan, your host of Rockin' All Week With You, a Happy Days podcast. This is Season 5, Episode 11. We are getting near the end of Season 5. There'll be 13 episodes total. And this one, we are in February of 1978. We are discussing the episodes Our Gang and My Favorite Orkin." Again, I say we, it's me, me talking about these episodes here. But uh, let's dive right in. We'll start with Our Gang, written by Brian Levant, directed by Jerry Paris, February 21st, 1978. In this one, uh, there's some bi- sort of big high school pep rally going on. Chachi arrives with a um, gang um, jacket on for the Lords, and he's joined the Lords. Not the Lords of Flatbush, as far as I know, just the Lords. And he is, uh, they're going to get into a rumble. And Richie's very ticked off about this, sits uh, Chachi down. At a booth, at the the regular booth, and he begins to tell the tale of how when he first met the Fonz, when the Fonz was part of the Falcons, I believe, yes, the Falcons, um, as a kind of story to get Chachi to not be part of a gang, and it's but but it's basically it's it takes three and a half years place three and a half years in the past from whenever exactly it is this episode would take place in and it is the story of how Richie met Fonz and we play a little blast something here and uh, I'll be on the other side and we're gonna we're gonna chat about it Now, I, do, I know I've been uh, getting down on the past uh, few episodes of the show. I I've kind of thought they weren't that funny, and they were kind of seem almost half-heartedly written, like they were pulling ideas off of um, you know um, off of a bunch of cards on a on a bulletin board or something like that. Just just writing them quick and and going with it, and they didn't they didn't seem terribly developed. They didn't seem tremendously interesting, uh, but uh, th- there were moments here and there. I, I gotta say, with both of these, um, these are both thumbs up. For me, these are probably two of my favorite episodes of the season. Our Gang Gets By um, because it it tells the story of how Richie and Fonzie met, and what we'll-, we'll talk about that in a moment. It also does the. This takes place three and a half years in the past, and then unfortunately it cuts to a shot of um, Arnold's three and a half years in the past when uh, Richie and Potsy have just begun their sophomore year of high school. Um, which of course you don't buy at all because they it, it looks exactly like them, but you got you got to sort of roll with it. Unfortunately, the um, on the DVD they've replaced the uh, the whatever music was playing. Probably I would imagine Rock Around the Clock. Um, but they replace it with generic rock that sounds a lot like rock around the clock. Um, so you can't like immediately go, okay, this is um, this is the year when this takes place. But we'll talk we'll talk about that in a moment. But this but the thing the thing about our gang is that it does that thing where suddenly Chachi, who you always see kind of working on his own and doing his own thing, although he did get in trouble with those guys earlier in the season, right? Well, I guess he's kind of a, more of a joiner than I thought. But he he joins this gang, and I mean we saw him. Yeah, when he when they break into Arnold's and he gets in trouble early in the season, he got in a lot of trouble for that. So why is he joining a gang now where he's gonna rumble? That that doesn't make any sense to me, and that's the only perfunctory part of it. And like they wanted to tell the story of how Richie and the Fonz met, but they had to um, sort of shade it in into another story, which. Isn't terribly convincing, and frankly, Chachi looks goofy in his um, jacket with no sleeves on it. He just—he looks like a little kid. I, and when when the gang comes in at the end, and they're all clearly like four or five years old, than he is, you think, well, Why? Why is he joining the gang? Or wouldn't they just beat him up? Um, so that's not convincing. However, Joni is in a cheerleader outfit and does a cartwheel, so that's worth the price of admission. And um, the actual story of how, how Richie and the Fonz meet, which is kind of centerpiece with a, um, a long scene with the two of them by themselves in an alley talking, is really good. And it's funny. That's the helpful thing. You realize, like, for example, like Spunkless Spunky wasn't a favorite of mine. But if it had been honestly funny, if it had made me laugh, then who cares? But this one, this one wins and then ha- ha, it's, te- it's telling a story I guess we've all wanted to see. But it's also making us laugh, and that's what you need to do at the end of the day. So, um, I know first. You know me when I when I talk about the times when these things are said. I could talk about this forever. But I'm gonna try to keep it to a minimum because he says, yeah, they, they're sophomores three and a half years ago. Uh, they're starting uh, being sophomores in high school. I think I had said back at the beginning of the show that I thought this began in '57. And I was sort of working under the theory that although I may have said fifty-eight, but I feel like I said fifty-seven, working under the theory sort of like that first Christmas, with um, the Fawns and Richie. I think was fifty-seven. I, to be honest, I don't know now, and I I I didn't go back and check. But th- this re- this works really well for, for for that because it's it's implied that um if the show now if they graduated. From high school, although I thought that was fifty-nine. Well, here's what we're going to try to say now, going off of this. But that doesn't make it. It's it's really tricky. This this is really tricky because there is one very specific thing that they say time-wise that doesn't fit if this is September of fifty-seven, and I don't think it fits. Give me a second, and it kind of doesn't really fit if it's September of fifty-eight. The only year would fit for. Well, is 56, and 56 does sort of work with, because I've been saying I thought this was set in 60, but I feel like 56 is going too far back, but maybe it isn't. Maybe we can adjust, because if this is before, let's do that. No wait. Okay, let's do that. Let's adjust. Let's adjust. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. Here's what we're gonna do. Let's let's do it like this. Let's do it like. Let's make the timeline this. I had thought that the show began at 57 and that first sort of Christmas and everything we see them at is 57, then the next Christmas is 58, then they graduate and start college, um, and that goes over into 59, and then the Valentine's Day was Valentine's Day 1960 that we saw in the previous episode. And if this is before that, if this is the start of his sophomore year, then this definitely could be 1956, and that would fit in perfectly with the one reference that we do get I don't know. There's a scene here with Mr. C fiddling around with the TV. We, we we know that they got a TV and they had a really nice one. I don't know. He's got he's he's got some kind of TV that looks like a uh, elongated microwave oven. It, it, it doesn't look like the t- oh no. He's got it sp- spun around. Okay, he's fiddling with the back. Was that the TV they had in the um, Love and the Happy Days? Anyway, anyway. So I'm going to back up my, my timeline here. I was working on a 57, but as I'm saying it out loud, and I probably should have said this out loud before I started recording. But using the one reference point, time-wise, that we have here, which I will tell you in a minute, this episode, the flashback, takes place in September 56. And then the first season and the first half of the second season take place in 57. And then we go over into 58 um, for the end of um, season 2 and season 3. And then uh, season 4 puts us at the end of 58 into 59 then they graduate in the summer of 59 or you know may of uh, may june of 59 and we're now around february or so of um 1960 boom i'm going to stand by that um cuz originally like i said i was i was thinking that maybe this would be september of 57 when this takes place but i think to go from where the fonz and richie are here to them being comfortable enough to invite him over for Christmas in the same year is too much. So to me, yeah, this takes place several months, this episode takes place several months before the series begins proper, when they're already sort of sophomores or or such. Um, Maybe they are juniors and stuff. No, no, I always saw the first season sort of began kind of. Ah, it doesn't matter. So this, this if the series begins at fifty-seven, this is fifty-six. This is approximately September fifty-six, and the reason why it's September fifty-six um, is because um, half years. And the big thing, the Jackie Gleason show. Uh, Mister C is trying to get the TV to work so he can see the glass fifty-seven. Came back on again in October of fifty-eight for about three months. Sleeves when they're in the alley, they're not dressed for October weather in Milwaukee. I think they're dressed for the beginning of. I think I think they've been in school for. They, well, he talks about like Potsy talks about meeting Ralph. You know, this is this is the this is the time. Not only does he meet the Fonz, but he meets Ralph. And he says, "Oh, that's a kid in my homeroom. He's pretty. He's pretty. He's pretty cool." They must not go alphabetically there because they did alphabetical in homeroom where I went. And Ralph Malf and Potsy Weber would never have been in the same homeroom. But yeah, so they're in the. Uh, they're in the same... They're in the, So they talk about, oh, this is new crime at home. So, so to me, this is the very beginning of their sophomore year. 57. 58 was the junior year. 58 Christmas is when they have the Fonz over. 59 Christmas is the one where Richie tries to get the gal, tries to take pictures of the gal, gets pictures of the gal who's in, like, the Coca-Cola ad or whatever, and the graduate in 59. I said this before, but I, I just... It's working in my head right now because with Jackie... Like I said, with the Jackie Gleason show being on... In September fifty six, but not in September fifty seven, and not in September fifty eight. I think, um, yeah, I think it's fifty six. Thank you very much. Good night. And I'm going to stand by that until something proves me horribly wrong. Anyway, the rest of the episode. Um, it is great to see them meet um, uh, Ralph, who you know tells a tells a joke, and <laughs> it's great. Um, and the scene, yeah, the scene, I, I, I won't, I won't go over, but the scene between the Fonz and Richie in the alley is, is a real good one, is a real good one, where they're, they're very calm, and they speak to one another, you know, Richie's, um, uh, Richie's sort of standing up and, and just saying, like, uh, you know, one of the things is, you know, Ponsie keep. uh, I'm sorry, Fonzie, oh, Fonzie punched me for that, Fonzie keeps saying that, um, you know, well, we did. We got in a rumble because this guy bumped into Rocco. And we got in a rumble because these jerks were reading uh, comic books at our newsstand. And we got into a fight because this other guy um, bumped into our motorcycle. And Richie, rightfully so, is like, that's idiotic. Really, you're going out there and hurting yourself for all that stupid stuff. And it's great because Richie... It's 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 interesting because yeah, Richie the Fonz is definitely part of like the silent member, almost silent member of this gang, and it's interesting because um, I really like the way that Richie convinces the Fonz uh, just the same way the Fonz has helped out Richie so many times. I mean, this could be why the Fonz and uh, this this is why the Fonz and, and Richie have this relationship they have because the, uh, the, the Richie convinces the Fonz that the Fonz you, you know you are cool but you're not cool because you're in that gang you're cool because they're you because you're you and the only reason your gang members are cool is because they're with you they wouldn't be cool if you weren't there and he actually gets the Fonz to take off his gang coat and hat and go off on his own so from this point we start to get the Fonz of the that we see in the TV series this Fonz of Four is probably a hood. Probably a hoodlum. And probably soon after this, I would bet you cash money he went out and got the... Um, uh, I, don't, I don't know how much he and Richie would have talked over the next... Um, I think it would have been like in most of season one where quite a bit of season one is the Fonz shows up for a few minutes, talks to them, and goes away. Um, but I think from this point on, we would have got the Fonz um, uh, that, that we know in the show. Working at the shop, working at the body shop, repair shop, you know, cruising around, getting the girls. You, you will note that in this episode um uh when the fonz snaps his fingers girls don't come running it's the gang members so he must do some sort of adjustment to his snap to make it so that the gals come running that's that's one that's one of the, the first thing i noticed like the like fonz snaps his fingers and the gang comes in and then he snaps his fingers and they leave and i thought like a year from now when he snaps his fingers four or five young ladies will will wrap around him and i think I like the concept that Richie has now put the Fonz onto a path where he's going to actually get a job. Even though he was a hood, he's going to get a job and he's going to start doing what uh, he, he loves best, which is working with cars and kissing ladies. And I like the fact that Richie's chat with him led him on this path. The only thing that's a little bit off about it is the Richie in this episode to me is not the Richie of season one. He's the Richie of now. He's the Richie who became this way because he hung out with the Fonz, and the Fonz made him brave, and the Fonz, you know, you, we don't have to fight, we can talk this out kind of thing. This is the Fonz's way of doing I mean, you, you, you know, you, you've always, like the Fonz, you know, Richie said, I've never seen you throw a punch. And he says, you know, if you, if you fight right, you know, you, you don't have to if you do it right. And it's, just, it's interesting to me that this says that Richie put the Fonz onto the path that his life is now but the character of richie in this one is acting the way richie acts because of the way the Fonz befriends him and the, and the way the Fonz act, acts with him so there's some kind of a weird time thing going on here where i wonder if this is a different richie maybe this is some sort of richie who's traveled back maybe, maybe oh maybe this is like um maybe it's like back to the future 2 and like in the next alley over you know like um uh you know like Richie's um uh you know um great grandfather or something is there with, with Doc Brown and, and in the alley this is actually the like the great grandfather when he was younger and he's like we got we got to get you to the alley because you're about to get beat up by the fonz no the fonz never uh, beat richie up or or no wait it wouldn't be his yeah it would be would be his... I was going to say, it can't be Mr. C. Or maybe it's a young Mr. C. Wouldn't that be fun? Like a young Mr. C got a hold of a time machine and was like, your um, uh, your, your, your son is about to get beat up by a hoodlum um, and if he does, it's going to ruin the rest of his life. And so he had. He puts... Um, Doc Brown puts Mr. C, young Mr. C, in the place of Richie. And so this isn't actually Richie, this is Mr. C who knows what he's from the future and he knows what I'm confusing myself now but you know what I mean wouldn't that be fun if the if the reason why the Richie in the 1956 scenes acts like Richie in the 1960 scenes and the only reason Richie in the 1960 scenes acts that way is because of his time spent with the Fonz and the fact that him acting that way with the Fonz in the 1956 scenes makes the Fonz into what he is which helps make Richie into what he is Is I think there's time travel involved And I think it's, it's really wonderful it's a, it's a fun episode I mean they have a very long scene together When they're in the alley And I think it works It works really well And then in the end um, Yeah in the end Chachi doesn't um, Chachi doesn't join the gang So we're okay there He doesn't become a lord of flatbush or otherwise. And you know, I'm saying that because what is the Lords of Flatbush it was a movie came out in 74 with Henry Winkler in it and, and Sylvester Stallone, and they're part of a gang. Uh, you've probably seen the picture online cuz it's like if, if people people don't realize that like the fan you you think it's the Fonz for a second and then you see Sylvester Stallone and you're like um this may not be what I think it is. So so we have it settled that a good happy days episode is and, um, and Scott Bale's got to stop looking at the camera, by the way. I happen to have it up here. And um, and when Richie, Richie kind of fails to convince Chachi, Chachi throws the camera a couple looks. No, 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 no. <laughs> that, well, that's, of course, when Jerry Paris should say, don't do that. Anyway. I think, yeah, a good, a good Happy Days episode has a good script. I mean, I think everyone is generally doing their best um, acting-wise. It's just that sometimes a script will hand them ways to act that don't work and feel a little odd. And and this one, I think everyone, I mean, apart from Chachi's stuff with the gang, but we really don't know him that well yet. Um, it's, it's all good stuff. And seeing, um, yeah, seeing them meet together. I mean, that scene where Richie refuses to move from the table with the Fonz there, and then he challenges him to the fight. Well, that's really the one, if you watch that and go, that doesn't seem like Richie from the start of the series. No, it's not, because uh, it's, maybe it could be Richie himself from 1960 traveling back in time to have that happen so he can have, I don't know, let's, let's, just, let's just let's just think of time travel when we think of this i don't know I'm, I'm i'm thinking this as i go and i'm not um i'm not 100 percent sure what i'm thinking but i like the idea of it and then the end is nice where uh the the lords are going to beat up chachi and arnold steps in and says no you're not gonna you or al steps in and says no you're not gonna and then richie steps in and says no you're not gonna and then the lords are still going to beat him up uh but then they look over and they see the Fonz, and the Fonz gives them a look and they take off running so that's nice. So overall, it's I think it's a really good episode. It's a nice it's a nice one to have near the end of the season when I felt like we were all getting a little tired. And um, I mean, we're what like twenty episodes or so in here. Uh, so yeah, I, I think uh, this, this is going. I definitely give this one a thumbs up. if if just for the uh, the long scene in the alley where they um, they meet. So so definitely, right at this moment, we're going to say. Fons and Richie meet September of 1959, and we are approximately in February, March of 1960. Boom! Let's go on to my favorite orcan. And I know what you're thinking. My favorite orcan, you're thinking of the orcan man, you're thinking of taking care of pests around the house, you're thinking of getting rid of rats or bees or something like that. That would be funny if this is what that was. Nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. This is about your favorite Orkin, as in man from Orc. And this would be Mork from Orc, played by Robin Williams. A, a very, very early role for Robin Williams. And I don't think I need to go into uh, telling you who Robin Williams was. And if you think I do, Google him. Look him up. He'll make you laugh. Um, but yeah, this is in, very earliest when he's really kind of wonderfully crazy and it's it's um this one begins with richie uh, apparently having seen a ufo and known and arnold's believes him because they think he's too humdrum in the middle of the road for something like that to happen and uh richie doesn't believe he is and he goes home that night and he's not very happy about that and all of a sudden an alien mork shows up and mork um sits on his head and his finger does all kinds of magical things like turning tvs on and off freezing people um, turning jukeboxes on and off that kind of thing and he basically gets Richie to go back to Ork with him uh, to just, just so the people there can see an Earthling and then he says he's going to bring him back he says he's going to bring him back at the exact same time so it won't be like time has passed but then he tells Richie it's going to be 2,000 years and Richie doesn't want to have that happen and they wind up at Arnold's and uh, Fonz and uh, Mork get into a big um, alien versus cool fight and um we'll talk about the ending in a bit but it's very it's a very silly episode it's also a very funny uh episode and um it's oh i'm sorry it's written by joe glauberg a director by jerry paris as always as is february 28th 1978 let me play you a little music i'll be right back and we will talk my favorite orkin Nanu nanu. Shout out. During that, that musical break, someone asked me uh, uh, if I could just say that our gang is obviously meant to um, make one think of, and this is probably to make you giggle at Chachi for looking so tiny in that that jacket. Uh, the Our Gang, the shorts, the Hal Roach shorts from the uh, 20s, 30s, they go into the 40s, the little rascals, basically. And uh, I think, therefore, implying that Chachi might be a little rascal. So in this episode, we are introduced to Mark and Robert Williams, uh, like I said, at his uh, earliest and zaniest. And of course, this is the time, uh, th- this would have been made, this is February 78, this would have most likely been made at the end of 77, start of 78. And of course, the, the biggest thing of 1977 was Star Wars. And so outer space was all over everything. And so um, having an outer space-related episode of Happy Days circa 1960. I remember, like, the first UFOs and things began in the late 40s and the 50s and such. And, and um, so UFOs and, and the 50s are filled with, um, you know, UFOs and uh, flying saucer movies and everything like that. Uh, Bill Warren's Keep Watching the Skies is an excellent book that can uh, help you through all of that. But, yeah, so so to have a... Uh, UFO appear. It's it's funny because Richie sees the UFO and then everyone just laughs at him. And they kind of when he refuses to say that he's humdrum, they actually get a bit um rude. maybe maybe too much so. I think I think in almost the same way, you know, I said in the last one that the, the sort of framing device of our gang with Chachi and the gang, that part I apart from Joni as a cheerleader, I, I didn't really didn't really I didn't really like. It didn't seem quite in character. Or oh, it seemed a little off. Basically, especially when you see the size of the gang show up, Th- this one kind of has that same thing—the opening and closing sequences at Arnold's, um, where um, uh, yeah, everyone's picking on Richie because he sees a UFO, and then the final scene, which is a repeat of it. Bachachi comes running in, and it's something like the Hooper triplets have new sweaters, and everyone rushes out of the place, and um, those bits. Um, like, to see Potsy picking on Richie like that is interesting because, of course, by this point, Potsy's pretty stupid. And, and the, <laughs> I mean, I guess they're, they're kind of trying to get their own back in that all they talk about is studying for exams and such and how um, Richie is actually up studying for exams and gets, like, A's and um, Ralph does a bit of studying and gets C's and Potsy doesn't study and he fails, but he gets sleep. Um, so he is an idiot. Um but see to pick on Richie is is, is it's a, it's a bit it's always a bit too much Sometimes, I I get what they're doing they're trying to make it Richie mad so then when he gets home you know he suddenly this alien appears he's like what there's an alien you know he's gonna he's gonna go back to to work with him he's got his um reporter um pad and pencil and he's gonna he's gonna until until he he's gonna take down all the info and everything until he learns it'll be two thousand years although Mark does say that he can get him back immediately as if he never left. But then the 2,000 years doesn't make any sense because if Mork's been sent to bring back a human, he must know we don't live for 2,000 years. Maybe to him a year is something different. I don't know. But that doesn't make any sense. That, 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 I mean, unless he can expect... Because he says, come with me back to Mork. We'd like to meet you, talk with you, study you, this, that, and the other. And Richie says, okay, I'll go with you. You know, and I want to, you know, get some information on you guys too. You know, and he says, I'll have you back as right after you left so they won't even know you're gone. Excellent. How long am I going to be gone? 2,000 years. That doesn't make sense. Because Richie would obviously be long since dead, unless they're going to bring him back as a two thousand year old man, which might be comedic, which might be very comedic. But um, Robin Williams could do that. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think Ron Howard could though. Um, but it doesn't quite make sense that that part of, of Mork's plan, because at that point he kind of goes a little sinister when he's been goofy beforehand, and um, he he never becomes he, he never becomes full on worried that he's pure evil or anything. Um, but it's just yeah like I said that plan doesn't quite make sense um, I maybe mean, that's crazy alien stuff. I don't know. But, uh, anyways, yeah, the, um, the, the scene where he's chatting with Richie is fun, and, and when Mr. and Mrs. C and Joni come home and he freezes them, that's a, that's a, that's a good time. But the, but the scene with the Fonzie, the, the sort of finger off and the ee, ee, thumb off where he freezes the Fonzie, but the Fonzie breaks out of it, and then they start the jukebox again and again, and then they make Al wander like, um, like, uh, like a, he's in a shooting gallery. Ping! And he walks one way. Ping! And then he turns around and goes the other way. Ping! Um, he, is fun stuff and um, although there is a w- weird moment where um he makes um, he makes Chachi I think he makes all of Ralph's clothes disappear, and uh, Ralph runs out of the place I forget what he does to Potsy, but he 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 is, is fing- points the finger at Chachi and Chachi goes walking off sort of stiff arm like Frankenstein monster like into the like the wall and beyond it's like because we're there we're there standing they're sort of standing in that place, like in the corner, in between the booth and the wall where the phone is and the bathroom um, doors are. And he goes, and the moment Chachi gets fingered, oh boy, um, he goes immediately like off stage, right into the wall. But he keeps—I mean, maybe that's why everyone is like, <gasps> because he ran into a wall. But that's not—that's not the way it play, it's played. The, the way it's played is he just goes walking off in a direction where he's fully able to walk, but clearly we know he can't because there's a wall there. That's a little weird. But maybe um maybe it all makes sense in the end. I don't know. But but it's it's um uh Robin Williams is very funny in it and that scene in in the uh, The thing I like about the, the, the showdown between the Fonz and, and uh, more is that it goes on for a few minutes and it's inventive. It isn't just like it isn't just like two minutes long. It's it's probably about five minutes long, and it, it goes on. There's a lot, they do a bunch of different things within the space that I, I really like. Um, so again, the um, I will say that the um, the bathrooms make no sense because uh, when you see Fonzie comes out, Fonzie comes out of the bathroom. Um, he's coming from the left as he goes out the door. But when you go into the bathroom, you go to the right. And so it makes absolutely no sense why they didn't put... Why didn't they put the men's... Why didn't they switch the doors? All they would have had to do was switch like the, um, you know, the thing on the boys, boys, the boy image, the girl, the girl image. Just switch those. But it, it, it makes no sense why they leave it like that. But, um, but yeah, it is great to see Mork. I mean, obviously, um, um, in this, his his yeah, his intentions are a little vague. Um, but but we'll know when the series starts that he's really a good guy. He's just trying to learn, and uh, and of course, obviously, like with the couple appearances of Laverne and Shirley, this is a setup for a series. Yay! And this series will begin, um, and we'll, in um, in September of '78, uh, at the same time that season uh, six of Happy Days begins, at what what is it? Season um, four of um, of uh, Laverne and Shirley begins. And it'll be three, and it'll be it be a heck of a year. Seventy-eight, seventy-nine is a heck of a year. well. Gary Marshall's had a couple of really great years in the ratings, anyways. But seventy-eight, seventy-nine, uh, which will we, that'll be season six. We'll get to that eventually. But in that in that season, f- what three of the top four shows in America are shows that he's producing, and so that's that's pretty that's pretty sweet. And one of them is Mark and Mindy, uh, which you know will be the will be the um, the highest rated new show of the seventy-eight, seventy-nine season. The Rob Williams Pam Dauber. Um, you know, Mork is obviously from... Hey, Mork has been sent to um, um, Earth by Orson, who's his leader or his something or other, to study um, humans. And he stays with Mindy, and he gets in all sorts of wacky shenanigans. And the um, the first season of the show was very highly rated and made Robin Williams a huge star. And, and in fact... Um, Uh, Yeah, it's funny, because, like, like on Crack magazines, you know, I love those, like, Happy Days sort of got, well, Happy Days sort of got replaced a bit by King Kong, briefly, but then replaced by, um, uh, like, Star Wars, and then Star Wars kind of begins to get replaced by Different Strokes, and then Mark and Mindy come in, and, um, so, um, this is a Mark and Mindy podcast, I do a separate episode talking about all the times that Crack. um, Uh, They appeared in and and around Crack Magazine. And don't worry, everyone. In between season five and six of this podcast, I will do one more uh, Crack Magazine um, special episode where we'll discuss uh, what they're getting up to. And yes, there is a Crack Magazine um, featuring um, the Happy Days Gang and the UFO. I've said that before. I forget exactly when it came out. But uh, we'll, we'll get to that in the thing. But it's funny here to think, like, we're in the midst of, you know, Happy Days is, you know, I love Cracked. Happy Days is all over Cracked for quite a few months. And uh, in a few months, Mork and Mindy will be all or at least Mork. I mean, Mork gets his own, um, like the Fonz, he gets his own Cracked special. You know, we got Fonzie for president, which I have here. And then there's a Mork from Ork special, which even has, like, a Mork game in the middle of it. Fun. But, uh, but yeah, M- Mork is, um, yeah, Mork is going to spin off to his own show, which is going to be huge, and it's unlike Happy Days, which, you know, tweaks, it's, um, obviously changed a bit, a lot, after its second season, and then has little tweaks here and there. Mork and Mindy, I think, is a l- is, um, a bit less, um, morgan was a bit less fortunate I, I, I guess i'll talk about it a bit now because we, we um because mark does appear on happy days again but it won't be till near the end of season six so i and we, we will talk about all three shows again and their ratings and such when we get to season six but the thing with the thing with morgan minnie i don't know if you all knew this but like his first season it was huge and Rob williams is just crazy making everyone laugh having a good time um uh, but there were a couple of complaints, uh, specifically some from Pam Dauber, and the network had some good ideas. Can you hear the quotes around that? Good ideas for some changes. Now that, of course, means they had some bad ideas for changes. As in the first season, Pam Dauber was very much a straight woman throughout. Um, I don't remember she had a lot of jokes, but that wasn't her thing. She was reacting to and sort of assisting Mork and two of the main characters were, I think, her, um... Is, is there anything nerdier than the scene with Chachi, Potsy and Ralph just standing in, in the off to one side of um... Uh, Arnold seeing John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt? And is that some sort of hippie poster when they open up the guys' room door? There's some sort of poster on the back wall that lists Shakespeare plays, but it looks kind of psychedelic from, like, the late 60s rather than from 1960s. Sorry, that scene just came up on the television. Anyway, um... And yes, yeah, so so Mindy's dad was one of the lead characters and an older lady um, were the kind of the lead characters of the show. And so when season two began, the network came down with these edicts. One, get rid of the old people. Two, um, make the, the theme song more trendy. Remember, this is now 1979 we're talking about. And um, give Pam Dauber more comedic shtick to do. And tone down Robin Williams a bit. Now, I don't know about you... But when I, for example, watch an Abbott and Costello movie, I have never, ever, ever said to myself, boy, I wish that little fat guy would stop joking around all the time, and they'd give more jokes and, and chances for laughs to that the other guy, the one with the mustache, who acts kind of like your drunk uncle. I've never said that. No one's ever said, give Bud Abbott more comedy and take comedy away from Luke Costello. But someone at... It was a CBS, someone at the network decided that when season two of Mork and Mindy began, the best thing to do was tone Robin Williams down because some people found him to be a bit much and Pam Dauber complained, give her more comedy to do. So that immediately lowers the comedy level of season two. And then they replaced the older people with... Um, a sort of younger hipper couple who ran like a deli or something. And then they took the theme song and disco fight it. And then, to make everything all right, they added a Street smart, Black kid, uh, a la Arnold and Willis. Who was help out? Who would help out Mark? Isn't that great? Isn't that great? So it's like they, they had a, they had a meeting of like, what are the absolute worst things we can do to our biggest new show? How about these things? Let's do it. And in fact, yeah, if, if you watch Mork and Mandy Norton, the first season is quite funny still, quite wonderful. And The second season drops precipitously. They begin to try and pick it up again in the second half of the second season, but it never quite recovers. And the third one, in some spots, is better, but not quite. And then the fourth one is the most season. The final season the one where they get married, go to Ork, and Mindy gives birth to Jonathan Winters, which must have hurt. And um, the show definitely has its funny moments in its last three seasons that is worth watching, but nothing beats that first season and the fact that the show kind of got screwed up because the network uh, is not very smart was too bad, was unfortunate. So anyway, this episode, though, is a good one. And it's got the interesting thing. I think this is the... Oh, you know what? let Let me check one thing. Be right back. Yeah, this was this was the second episode that they altered slightly in later years um, I think I, I, I don't know I, I think we mentioned this back when when Joanna and I talked about guess who's coming to Christmas when they re aired that Christmas of 75 there's an opening scene that was added where the fonts talking to Arnold telling him about his Christmas the year before and then 1976 when they aired it again and Arnold was gone and it was Al uh, they, they do the same thing but with Al and when they would show Guess Who's Coming to Christmas in syndication they would show that scene with Al in there and they would mention Chuck and so that was like the only time you really heard about Chuck I think didn't we get Chuck mentioned once in this season or, or something close to close to Chuck being mentioned uh hmm anyway um but this this is one and I do love at the um so, so what happens is at the end of the big fight scene um the fonz um the fonz more or less wins and and um oh well well no the fonz the no the fonz loses because um sorry or- or mork says he's going to do something he's going to touch his fingers together and the building's going to collapse and the fonz says okay you win i don't want you doing that and, the, and, and Mork says, okay, but I don't want Richie, I want you. So the scene ends with um, them walking away in slow-mo, and the Fonz doing a great, whoa, in slow-mo. But then everything gets wavy, and we learn that it was all a dream, and Richie's asleep on the couch. Oh, no. And then so right before they go to the last commercial break, before the little tag scene at the end, everyone goes up to bed. Richie hears a knock on the door. He says he'll get it. He opens the door, and there's a man who looks exactly like Mork at the door who gets confused by Richie who thinks he's an alien named Mork from Ork. And then that scene fades away when the guy kinda leaves the door. And then the the tag scene is Chachi saying the Hooper triplets have have new sweaters or whatever it was he says. But in the in the syndicated version, um, or in a repeat, and I, I I um and I I don't know exactly I know it was the syndicated version. It may have been a repeat that they aired before Mork and Mindy began. But in the Um, I would imagine they probably showed it like in late summer before Mork and Mindy started and you see, you you basically go to commercial and when you come back from commercial the door closes and you see the guy who looks like Mork turn, look up to the sky and you learn it is Mork and he was just coming to check on Richie um, just to make sure you, you see what was going on, you know, how Richie was doing after all of that. And then it wasn't a dream. None of that was a dream. And then Orson starts talking to him and Orson says, you've got a new mission. I want you to go to 1978 in Denver, Colorado, Boulder, Colorado, sorry. And that leads into Morgan Mindy. And that is the, um, that is sort of the ending of, of, that is the ending that most people have seen. Unless you have the DVD, then you've seen the original ending. But they actually do that with the show several times. They'll do that at least, they do that with Shotgun Wedding, And they do that with, um... Oh, crap, what episode am I thinking of? I do like how the girls run outside, too, when it's announced that the Hooper triplets have... I guess they want to see what the the sweaters or whatever it is look like. Trying to remember what the other episode they screw around with. Oh, Shotgun Wedding and um, the one where... um, the preceding the episode that precedes the start of Joni Loves Chachi, where Al proposes to Luisa Chachi's mom, that they changed the ending of that too. Uh, but anyway, that's enough enough of me yakking away in this episode. Um, hope you. Oh, two more things. One, um, Marsha returns. Beatrice colon colon um returns for a scene in Arnold's in our gang, which is cool. And um, there's a scene. Oh, now I've forgotten which episode it is. Where um. Uh, the Fon snaps his fingers and only Arnold comes running. Uh, which makes him very, very worried that a snapper isn't working anymore. But let me, let me just stop talking here, when I'm yakking away. So, um, next up, what are we going to do next up? Next up is... Um, next up, we are going to do Second Wind, Rules to Date By, and the 4th Anniversary Special. Actually, we'll start with the 4th Anniversary Special. So this is like the um, last two um, uh, uh, seasons. We're going to get a, get a, get a fur on this one. So the next episode, we will be doing uh, the 4th Anniversary Special, Do You Want to Dance, and Second Wind. So we get three episodes of the next one, which is cool. And then the next one, episode 13, will be the, the Season 5 finale. Going out, Going out big, actually. I don't think so. But we're going out so uh thank you everyone for listening and uh (coughs) yeah i like both of these episodes in this one which is very nice so uh be good to yourselves everybody and listen to a bit of this Hey everyone, it's Dan, sorry to bother you, I know you thought the episode was over, but I, r- I realized as I was editing that I had some weird sound problems here and there throughout the episode, and I was trying to figure out the best way to, to fix them, but I noticed, I noticed, I was able to edit around most of them, but I realized when I brought up the Jackie Gleason show, that's when the biggest uh, sound problem came through, and I was going to put this at the start of the episode, but I didn't want to ruin the spoiler for what my sort of absolute hint as to when uh that sequence um the, the flashback sequence might be set september 56 and uh, and i was trying to make the point and it got cut up through um some some glitches in the audio that um yeah in in september of 57 jackie gleason wasn't on and he wasn't on in september of 58 either he started again in october of 58 in, in in a new show that only lasted for like Three or four months, and so I think the point of I mean, like I'm looking here, I'm I'm looking at i um, total television. Alex McNeil's total television, fourth edition, page four twenty one, Jackie Gleason show, twentieth September fifty two to twenty second of June fifty seven. That would have been the show that everyone tuned into and watched. Then third of October fifty eight to second of January fifty nine. I mean that's that that's three months. So that's I I don't think. I think when you see Mr. C and he says, I want to watch Jackie Gleason, he's saying it because that's something they've been watching at that time every day for years. So, so that's it. And then he doesn't return again until uh, 1963, 3rd of February 1963. For some reason, I thought he was on... A, well, then he's there 63 to... I'm sorry, 61 to more or less 70. I thought Jackie Gleason was sort of on constantly from like 1950 to 1970, but he wasn't. Anyway, I'm sorry, but the, um, the, but the point I was making with the Jackie Gleason thing is that um, uh, Mr. C, I don't think, would be struggling so much to get, I mean, unless it was like a premiere episode, but he doesn't say it's like, you know, he doesn't say, because they, they say this is the beginning of their time as sophomores, so to me, the, the fact that he's still carrying a large box, Richie, that means they're, that's September they started right after labor day this is a couple of weeks after september so this is in october and and look look at the look at the way they're dressed potsy in his short sleeves when they're in the alley and everything and forgive me if i'm repeating some of this from the episode but i'm just trying to say it without gaps right here. but So so to me, it's very specifically this is September of 56 because that would have been uh, Jackie Gleason at this point would have been on for four years and it would have been something people tuned into. But when he came back in October 58, he'd been gone for not quite a year and a half, but almost a year and a half. So I think if it had been the beginning of October when it began, or, or like this, even the second week of October, um, there would have been some mention, maybe like, oh, Jackie Gleason's back on the air. i got to watch the new Jackie Gleason show or something. So that's why I say it's 57. So forgive me, and I've talked for too long, and we'll have another episode up soon. Everyone, you all be good to yourselves, and uh, talk to you soon.